Hello, Marketeers. Welcome to another episode of AEC Marketeer Podcast, exploring AEC marketing and beyond. I'm your host, Keelan Cox, and I'll be exploring marketing trends and answering your most pressing questions to help you thrive as an AEC Marketeer. Hey there, Marketeers, and welcome back to another episode of the AEC Marketeer Podcast. This week, it is just going to be me, myself, and I. I'm going to do a quick little run-through of what I feel makes a really good cover letter. So cover letters are something that I am very passionate about. If you know me, you know I love a good strategy, and I find that cover letters can be an extremely strong piece of strategic messaging for a proposal when they're done correctly. So much so that I feel like they deserve their own little mini episode. So with that said, let's dive in and I'll start with why I love me a good old cover letter. So consider this my ode to cover letters. (laughs) So cover letters, in my opinion, are, well, not in my opinion, cover letters are the first piece of written material that your client will read about you in your proposal. I like to think of cover letters as a love letter to your client that tells them, hey, we hear you, we understand your challenges, and we're here to solve them. I think a common misconception about a cover letter is that it should be all about you, the consultant, when really the cover letter is all about your client. They are the hero, right? They're investing their time, money, and resources into this important project, and the cover letter is a chance to acknowledge either their proactive effort to addressing a problem or solutions-based mindset they're adopting to get the project done right. And I think a lot of the time they get left on the back burner, cover letters in general, and sometimes project teams say, okay, well, we need to write the whole proposal before we can even think about what's going to go in the cover letter. And that approach has just never made a whole lot of sense to me, and here's why. So... For a proposal to get written well, you need to have win themes that guide your approach, your project selection, and your personnel selection. You cannot write a solid approach without having win themes in place to frame your solutions in a way that clearly outlines their benefits to the client. So that's why I'd argue cover letters should actually be one of the first things that you write because they should reflect the win themes of your proposal that you already know. And if you don't know what your win themes are going into your approach, I actually don't think you should be writing an approach at all. I think you should be having that win themes conversation first to help guide the rest of your proposal development process. So that said, I want to talk about some of the most common mistakes I see in cover letters and how I go about writing a solid cover letter. I am well aware that I'm not the authority on writing cover letters, and this isn't the only way to write a cover letter, but for the sake of this episode, I'm just going to outline cover letters in a way that I wish someone would have done for me early on in my career. So when I was planning this episode, I was trying to figure out the best way to get the info across in a way that was easy to follow. And the solution I came up with is just to take it from the top of the page to the bottom of the page, right? Because I can't actually show you a cover letter. 
So because of that, I actually wanted to start with salutations. For whatever reason, salutations have always been a sticking point for me because the traditional way of addressing someone in a cover letter or a letter in general just does not make sense to me, right? I think the best way to begin the cover letter, if you know the person's name, is to just say, dear first name, last name. Super simple. So, dear Jane Austen. And I've gotten quite a bit of pushback on this in the past, so I'm going to explain why. I find it so bizarre that only in the case of women, we're addressing their marital status in a business document. Men get the mister regardless of, you know, whether they're single or married or whatever, but women have this miss, ms, missus, and I know ms is meant to cover everything, but it's still meant to be a reflection of a woman's marital status, which I think is just outdated. Why are we referring to someone's relationship status in the first place for only one gender when we have someone's full name? And someone's full name is usually the person's favorite word to begin with. Like they love the sound of their own name. So just use it. Also, this assumes that you know their gender identity, which, you know, you may not. So just use someone's full name and you're good. So that's, that's my rant on salutations. Next, and this is a big one, the first sentence of your cover letter. Now, all my marketer friends are going to know exactly what I'm about to say, but the first sentence is a written equivalent of your first impression. So please, for the love of all things good in this world, do not start your cover letter with any version of we are pleased to submit. That, my marketing and non-marketing friends, is the kiss of death for a cover letter, and I would argue for a proposal. That tells me and everyone else in the universe that you've decided to phone it in here, right? You couldn't take five minutes to come up with something a bit more nuanced than we are pleased to submit for a sentence, right? So taking the time to actually think about what that opening line of your entire proposal should be is worth it. So for all my brave non-marketers listening here who maybe had this episode sent to them by your neighborhood marketing professional, this might be why. So here's what I do. I basically look and I say, okay, why is it a good thing that the client has invested in this project or is investing in this project? Then I want to applaud them for whatever that reason is. And what the desired outcome of the project is. So you, the client, are looking to make a positive impact on your community and improve sustainable infrastructure, whatever, by investing in this light rail project. Then I say, okay, what their pain points are and what they need. We need to address the client's pain points right out the gate here. So this is the first paragraph. Also in that first paragraph, you're saying, hey, we hear you. Here's your end goal. Here are your pain points and challenges. This is what you need. We've got what you need. That we've got what you need piece should then briefly go into all of your identified win themes with the intention of introducing them so you can then lay them out in a bit more detail in the body of your cover letter. So then moving down into the body of your cover letter, the structure I use is that Every paragraph should touch on one win theme 
and include your features, benefits, and proof points of that win theme. So the tricky part here is that all of these paragraphs and win themes should be framed to the benefit of the client, not to talk about your firm excessively. Here's the challenges we see you're facing. Here are some of the solutions we're proposing. Here's the benefit to you, the client, of that solution. And we've seen success with this approach on projects like XYZ or this project manager has managed projects that are similar in the past. Whatever proof points you have to offer here. Now, obviously, this can be adapted to fit your needs. And just like anything, there's no one size fits all solution for writing what should be a custom piece, but it's a really good starting place to make sure you're hitting all of the major points you should in a cover letter and to make sure you're keeping your attention on the client in your cover letter. I love using what I call the wee wee test. So the wee wee test is a tool that I learned a few years back and I can't remember who I learned it from, but It's a great tool to show visually how much you're talking about yourself as a consultant versus your client in your cover letter. And it is super simple. You're basically using your highlighter tool in PDF or a physical highlighter, if you're using a printed copy, to read and highlight in yellow every time you talk about your firm in the cover letter. Then you're going to take a green highlighter or change the color of your electronic highlighter to green to mark every time you're talking about the client and benefits to the client. At the end of the document, there should be far more green than yellow. If the page has too much yellow, you need to pare back the wee wee. I love this because it lets teams visually see, you know, the gaps or what the problem is. And then lastly, to close this out at the bottom of the page, how do you end a cover letter? I would argue your last paragraph should be just like any good ending. It should have a call to action. So in the case of a proposal cover letter, it's an invitation to explore the proposal and learn more about how the client can have their needs met by employing your expertise. Then you can include your bits about acknowledging the addendas or any Q&A, and if they have any questions or concerns, who to contact. On that note, if you're going to tell them who to contact if they have questions, make sure that person will actually respond if the client reaches out. And if that person is going on vacation right after they submit, make sure someone is receiving their emails so that you don't leave your client hanging. I hope this quick rundown of my approach to cover letter writing was helpful. Again, I know this isn't the only way to approach writing a cover letter, but it is a way that works. As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast of mine. I really appreciate your reviews on whichever platform you choose to listen on. And if you get value from this podcast, please subscribe. New episodes are released every other Wednesday, and we will chat soon.